0: Welcome to the We RSC podcast. This is Eric McKinney joined by Greg Katz. Uh, Greg, we're talking USC Colorado and, and I guess at, the, at this point maybe we're talking USC Colorado. Uh, I mean the, the big news uh, this week, USC has a, a player test positive on Monday. Uh, Tuesday everything gets shut down. Uh, on Wednesday they announced that there is a a second positive, and now five additional players uh, in quarantine. But the game is proceeding. What? What? Give, give me kind of your thoughts on on that situation and, and how that's played out so far.
1: Well, you know, I mean, honestly speaking, are we are any of us shocked by the fact that somebody on the SC team finally uh, you know tested positive? Uh, is anybody shocked that? After one player came another player. Is anybody shocked that after the second player, five guys get quarantined? I think the big question if the game is going on is, of course, who are these players? Uh, I mean, that's a total of seven players. I'm not a mathematician, but um, how many of them are starters? You know, I I mean, we will find out because once they take the field, if the game is played at all, and we see certain people are missing, especially as we look at the starters. We'll know exactly who it is. But, you know, it could be anybody at this point in time uh, that we know have played last week at, at Utah. So there's a sense of mystery. And, uh, you know, at this point in time, you, you never know who's playing in the Pac-12 or what game is canceled on Saturday and other ones be played on Sunday. So it makes it interesting, to
0: say the least. I mean, at this point, you believe a game is happening when the when, when the kickoff happens. That that's <laughs> yeah. kind of when when you figure, okay, we're we're actually good here. And and just to kind of some some housekeeping with that. So so in the Pac-12 this year, uh, teams have to have fifty-three scholarship players available, and then there are only three positions where you have to have a, a minimum. Number of players you have to have seven offensive linemen available, uh, at least one quarterback, and at least four defensive linemen. So, uh, and then obviously, uh, if your numbers at at any other position are to a point where you don't feel you can play, the Pac-12 has given every team the option of just kind of saying we're 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 not going to play this game, uh, and then canceling it instead of having it go as a as a forfeit. What we've seen is that a lot of times when you have these sort of uh, chunks of players being quarantined is that they can come from the same position group. That That's the thing that happened to Cal earlier when I, I believe it was their defensive line was just wiped out and, and they couldn't play because their entire defensive line had to be quarantined. So if that's the case for USC and if, again, we're, we're talking in a, a lot of uh, hypotheticals and, and ifs here, um, if those seven guys are, are, you know, in the same position or, or the same area, and USC hasn't said, you know, we need to, we need to cancel the game, uh, it, it, you know, you start thinking about what what position group, you know, could handle that. But again, that that's if they're all coming from the same position group. You could have kind of guys spaced around. It, it all depends on whatever that contact tracing sort of unearthed in, in terms of being able to to set guys aside. I I actually took in in terms, if we're just talking about, you know, playing the game and and getting the game played, I thought only five through contact tracing, especially when you're talking about LA County doing it seemed like a a pretty small number. And again, those numbers can all change, right? There's testing on, on Thursday, then testing Friday, then pregame testing on Saturday. And so there's, there's a lot that can still change between now and then, but, at this point, when Clay Helton on Monday announces, you know, we have a positive test and it's someone who traveled with us uh, to Utah, but I, I don't know about you. I, I certainly, my first thought was, I, I don't know if this game's going to happen. So at this point, to still have it be on, I think, again, if, if you're just talking about uh, trying to play the game, I would take that as a, as a good sign, I guess.
1: Well, I'm going to look at the cup from half empty. <laughs> Not you. I, I have the prince of pessimism. Uh, no, really. I mean, think about it. You got seven guys that are out right now, and that's as of, look at the progression, Monday, Tuesday, no practice, Wednesday, the announcement. Okay. Uh, they could test tomorrow, and yeah. there could be more guys.
0: Yeah. That, so, I mean, I, I think it as it goes along, it's definitely going to be telling for Saturday.
1: Yeah, and, what, and they'll test again on Friday. And from what we understand, uh, the Friday will may not be just a normal, we're going to walk through because they didn't practice uh, on Tuesday. So I think Todd or Orlando mentioned that they, you know, might uh, crank it up a little bit on Friday. So we just don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll definitely know by the end of my Friday, I would think, because you're not going to board Colorado on a plane and in the middle of the flight say there's no game. Okay. So there's decisions are going to be have to be made. Do I hope they have a game? Of course. But you know, it seems to me that when you start going one to two to, to seven uh, and again, as you pointed out, we don't know what position group it is. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm sure that a lot of questions are going to be asked uh, on Thursdays. Um, morning press conference with Clay Helton, uh, you know, it remains to be seen whether he's going to give out any names or not. But uh, I think he can be asked, of course, what percentage do you think that the game will be played or will be canceled? So in a, in a kind of a gruesome way, you could just say this is kind of exciting because we don't know.
0: Well, it, it is USC's sort of first brush with this uh, for, for the entire time um, since they've started bringing guys back. Uh, in the summer USC has been kind of one of the I, I guess kind of the standard bearers of of how to do this and and how to keep everything moving along but we'll speak speaking of moving along let, let's go ahead and and take this like the game's going to happen and we'll talk a little USC Colorado and this is a a Carl Durrell coached Colorado team a, a familiar name i think to to USC fans uh and he has been 2-0 they they beat UCLA they beat Stanford and and they have uh, done it with some some big offensive performances um, so far. Your your take, I guess, overall on on the two and O buffs coming to L A. Well, you know, I watched the highlights of the the
1: game against UCLA and I watched the highlights with Stanford, and I can tell you uh, based on my recollection that the Carl Durell we uh, coach that we saw at UCLA is not the same Carl Dorrell coach that we're going to see at Colorado. Maybe that's not by choice because when you have a quarterback that's running as much as Colorado is uh, with Neuer's, uh, you know, they had all sorts of misdirection plays. They had all sorts of, you know, Broussard's a very good running back. I mean, I was impressed with them offensively. They're going to cause the Trojans uh, some real uh, challenges. Let's put it that way. I'm not here to tell you that you know that uh, Colorado's going to score 50 points, but they're going to score points now defensively they're not all that imposing in my opinion, but offensively, uh, I give Durrell credit uh, they, they can hang hang points on you so it, it should be interesting. I think one thing we can be assured of is that Colorado will be playing uh, dropping eight men deep. Uh, <laughs> You know th- that I think uh, is, is as sure as I am that you know the sun's going to come up in the and in, in the east. So um, no, I think I think this Colorado team, from what I saw, uh, is deserving of being two and zero. And it looks like they've uh, they've gotten off to a good start. The only negative thing they have is history is totally against them. The Trojans have won all fourteen of the meetings and have outscored them like something like four hundred eighty five to two twenty. And uh, Colorado has played seven times in LA and seven times they boarded the the plane back to Boulder uh, with losses. So, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing that uh, there's a lot of history on SC side. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. And and so we can start with Colorado's offense uh, against USC's defense. You mentioned Sam Noyer, the quarterback. This guy was playing safety last year. And so he, flips over back to start started at quarterback then asked to to go to safety played a little safety now he's back at quarterback this is a big you know 6'4 220 pound kid and and he can run a little bit I I don't think he's Jaden Daniels from Arizona State but he's he's definitely better than Grant Gunnell from from Arizona and he put up some yards so this is going to be something that they have that the USC defense has to watch and then you mentioned Jarek Broussard uh, the running back, and and he is kind of one of the the early season you know revelations in the Pac-12. What he's been able to do, uh, a couple hundred yard games, and and this Colorado offense is has put up 220 yards a game on the ground uh, in its first two games. And USC right now, I'm going to ask you kind of what your most interesting matchup is on on that side of the ball. But boy, I'm looking at that running attack and the USC linebacker situation with, you know, maybe Raylan Goforth out, maybe Paglieno Teote still out. That, that's, a, that's an interesting spot for me, how the USC linebackers who, who with Kenai Malga and, and Raylan Goforth uh, there again in, against Utah, did very well. This is going to be another challenge, I think, for that position.
1: Well, I think you hit the nail absolutely on the head. Uh, and Sam Neuer, not only is he big, but he runs designed real true option. Okay. When he runs, it's not like, uh, you know, Grant Grinnell at at, uh, Arizona. Uh, You know, Grinnell probably was more of, I'm going to run because uh, my receivers are covered type of, uh, you know, decision-making the plays that, that Neuer runs are designed plays to for him to keep it. And when he runs, he runs like a fullback. So, Obviously, because of his time spent on defense as a, you know, uh, safety, he's not afraid to, to be hit or to dish out a hit. So I think that he's going to present a big problem for the Trojans. The thing that I was impressed by him was is, his passing does not look that of a guy who's just coming on over and they need a quarterback. He could throw the ball and it was accurate. Uh, you know, and Broussard, you know, he had, he had missed two seasons with a knee injury, so He's kind of a, the mysterian until he breaks out, and you know he's averaging 5.3 uh, yards per carry, uh, and he can also catch the ball where he's got he's averaging like 7.3 yards per reception, and watching him run, you know, for those people that like to see a, a real running game uh, that incorporates the quarterback and the running back, they've they've got it. You know, they 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 could put. Uh, SC in a real tough situation because of what you said about the linebackers. Uh, because uh, Neuer is not going to be afraid to keep the ball. Uh, if his, unlike, let's say, we know that Slovis doesn't want to keep the ball, so it, it's going to be a, a, real, a real challenge. I was surprised how efficient the uh, Buffalo offensive line was. Uh, because you still have to have blocking regardless of who you got carrying the ball or or throwing the ball.
0: Yeah, and, and Colorado should get, well, potentially could get KD Nixon back, a, a senior wide receiver who he had initially uh, said he was going to the NFL draft and then came back, has dealt with a little bit of an injury. But uh, it, it's it's not a sort of well-known receiver group for Colorado. But if they get KD Nixon back, that's another playmaker. He, he caught two touchdowns against USC last year. And then uh, a, a couple other guys out there, Dimitri Stanley and, and – uh, Maurice Bell, a couple wide receivers there. Not, you know, not a group that's going to terrify you, but certainly guys that can do enough. And I've been impressed with that Colorado offensive line. They've got some some big guys, a couple young guys, a senior in the middle, and I think they do well. One of the spots that I think is interesting for Colorado is at tight end. Uh, You know, USC fans will be familiar. There's been a couple positions, I think, over the last, you know, five, six years at USC that have just seemed snake bit with injuries and Colorado right now with tight end is absolutely one of those. I think they're down to maybe their their fifth option, certainly at least their fourth option uh, tight end. It's a walk on And and I think it's interesting because A, losing all those guys, they they lost two tight ends uh, against Stanford in their most recent game losing that tight end, I I think hurts your run game. And it hurts your passing game when your starter at tight end in the first game, he, he caught five passes, 77 yards. I mean, he, he was, he's still, I think their second leading receiver uh, on the team. So that's clearly a a position that they like to use and they're down to a walk on there now. And I think that shifts a, a little bit of the, you know, favor um, towards USC, but, but I think it's another big chance for USC's defensive line to show up in a big way. And, and I think we both liked what we saw from that group against Utah and, and kind of another chance for them to show off a little bit against Colorado.
1: Well, you know, I think that um, the Utah game to me uh, was an uneven game to, for me to make evaluations per se Yes, I agree that the defense did look better, but it was still Utah's first game with a whole new backfield. Um, you know, the defense for the most part stopped the run, uh, but I think that the, because of the way Colorado's scheming offense is, uh, it could look like a completely different ball game because I think that Colorado is running a lot of stuff that's uh, pro-oriented uh, it's more—it's physical up front, like you said, and uh, it's going to be a challenge for uh, the Trojans to stop the run. Uh, I, I believe that—I don't think that this is a fluke Colorado offense. Uh, it could be a game, as we since we're talking about Colorado's offense, where uh, you know it's a high-scoring game, uh, uh, but we'll see. I mean, this is a game where the Trojan safeties, uh, you know. Uh, Hufanga and uh, Polamalu are going to come up to the line. You know, get near the box. Let's put it that way. And they're going to dare uh Nor nor to to pass the ball. I'm sure. Uh, so they'll try to take away the option. But it'll it'll be very interesting.
0: Yeah, and, and I think like you, Colorado's going to going to come ready. They they didn't play last week. They got to watch uh that USC Utah game, and I think they're going to have some answers. For, for the USC defense. I, I'd be surprised if, you know, USC defensively can, can come out and just shut Colorado down. But, but I do think that Todd Orlando so far this season has kind of proven that he could figure it out and, and get it done. And so again, a, a test, maybe coming into the season, it didn't seem like it would be one, but I think a test for the the USC defense and it'll be really interesting to see how they respond to that. But, but I think, you know, flipping over to the other side, looking at the USC offense, that that's where, you know, I think rightfully so, a lot of the questions are still. I, I thought the Utah game was okay; that's better, but boy, where you know where the bar was set from the first two weeks, you, you had a whole lot of room for improvement and and to get there. And it still, to me, feels at times like the the, the the word I've used, the way I've described it, it feels like the offense is in a little bit of a fog sometimes. Like things aren't just crisp and clear and and happening sort of in the way maybe we thought they would based on what you did last season a little bit and, and having so many guys back and in the second year uh, in this offense, even with all the weird, you know, offseason stuff. And so I'm curious um, – uh, I guess wh- where do you see the USC offense right now? I mean, <laughs> I've got a, a, a couple ideas of where you're going to go with this, but but go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, let's put it this way: the positive is that we are being told by Clay Helton that there's a lot of quote meat left on the bone. So uh, you know that means that there's he's expecting more. I mean, he he comes out and says we should be you know scoring forty or fifty points the game. Well. My feeling is, if you should, you would, and they aren't. And there are little things that are I find quite disturbing. Uh, and I I know I'm going to be hitting on you said that many times before. Let's move on. Um, but honestly, uh, I'm watching these teams on short yardage take the you know take the you know center snap uh, from the quarter you know the quarterback it's underneath center, and we uh, we ask why are why is SC not doing that and the you know, the comment of, well, that we just don't do that. I find that so unacceptable because now you're playing defense on yourself. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to mix it up, you got to do it. And I'm still not uh, sold on the running attack by the Trojans. Uh, and it's that's not because they don't have running backs. They do have running backs. I don't think anybody can complain about Malapai the way he runs. Or any of them. I mean, we obviously, step when he's healthy, you know, could be a starter at most places. And, of course, uh, Chris Dunn, he's, you know, he broke a long one last game. But, you know, it gets to the point where what are you going to do? I mean, we saw a draw. We saw two draws in the last two games. Great. You know, you want to increase the uh, running game? Uh, Colorado's going to do this. I'll tell you right now, they're going to run misdirection. I saw it. And you wonder, well, why doesn't SC run some misdirection? That would take some pressure off their offensive line. It would get the defense flowing one way and then the runner cuts back the other. So, you know, I don't know about Keaton Slovis about his arm strength. I really don't know. I don't think it's as strong as it's been. I don't think uh, personally, I, it's hard for me to believe we're being told exactly what his health is, either physical or mental. Uh, And, uh, to me, it seems like every time they play, it's it seems like it's the first game. And uh, I can't quite get my arms around uh, why it always looks that way. Uh, they come out throwing and throwing and more throwing. They don't challenge the defense. Uh, I, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you asked a question the other day to, uh, to Graham Harrell about... Uh, well, you could probably explain it better than I can about yeah. dropping eight guys every time you know uh, they face the defense. Now it's not exactly a you know a state secret what the other
0: team's going to do. It it surprised me when when I asked him about the difference in the Utah defense because Arizona State this year had a new defensive coordinator. Uh, Arizona had a new defensive coordinator, so Utah was the first team. Uh, that's getting a Graham Harrell USC offense for the second time with the same coordinator as last year. So you can sort of now start seeing, okay, what did they do last year? And now, you know, now now that you've seen the picture, how have you adjusted kind of in your second at bat? And and so this is – Utah was the first team with the second at bat. And, you know, I I think everybody anticipated, hey, they're going to do – what every other team that has given you fits has done, which is rush three, maybe four, drop eight, maybe seven, uh, and, and sit in a bunch of zones and make you run it at them or beat them by completing a 1,003 four-yard passes. And it, it really did surprise me when he was like, well, you know, Utah – Basically saying, you know, Utah plays a lot of man, and we thought that, that that's what we were gonna get. And I, and I the the part of me that sort of understands it is Graham Harrell has a, a very specific idea about his offense where we are gonna do what we do and we're gonna do it really well. And so the thought would be that all coaches sort of say that. And I think he's finding out that a lot of these defensive coaches are far more comfortable just saying, hey, look at what they did. We're going to do that. And even if it's just for the week or, you know, let's start putting some of those in ahead of time uh, to be ready for that so we can make those calls when USC week comes, that, that's what's happening. And so when you talk about for, – for me right now, when you talk about, you know, we want to have a great run game and, and we want to be dominant up front and we, we want to run, and then you come out against Utah and your first three plays are pass plays and you're punting – it feels like someone who says, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, lose weight or eat healthier. I, I, I want to make a lot of, you know, healthy meals. And then when they go to the grocery store, you're buying a bunch of junk food so that when you open your refrigerator to cook dinner, that's, that's what's in there. And, and so it feels like saying, you know, we, we want to have a run game. We want to have a run game. Uh, we want to be dominant up front, but then the, the, preparation for it and really the the full on buy-in hasn't always seemed to be there. And that's one of those things that, you know, if you're if you're throwing for 450, 480 yards a game and and putting up 55 points, all right, that you know, that that's fine. But when teams aren't letting you do that and you do see kind of a a struggle when it comes to just, you know, firing the ball all over the place and, and marching up and down the field it's tough to then say, okay, well now we'll run the ball, you know, when, when you didn't really do it all along the way. And so I think we're, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of on the same page with that. And that's one of those things that, that I'm interested to see against Colorado because I, I will be floored if Colorado comes out in man coverage and is, you know, rushing uh, six guys and, and letting these wide receivers you know, work against their, their cornerbacks. I think that one of the things that Keaton Slovis kind of has to, has to really figure out and buy into is that idea. Hey, I've got to, you know, I've got to check down. We've got to go slow. I've got, maybe I got to, you know, audible into some run plays and and get that going a little bit more than just, I think the big plays are going to be there because what we've seen so far is for the most part, they're, they're just not there for it.
1: Well, you know, let me, let me make two points. Um, Number one, let's not forget USC has not scored a touchdown in the last two quarters of play. They did not score any touchdowns in the second half against Utah, and I find that disturbing. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, what is SC's true strength besides Keaton Slovis? He's got NFL level type receivers. They're they're going to beat man to man coverage. So what logic tells you? Okay, then we won't play man to man. Well will play zone, okay? And I think the teams have proven that the ones that play zone takes away a lot of the strength that the Trojans have. And uh, you know, and we're not talking about the teams that USC is playing uh, that are exactly uh, equal to better talent than they do. Uh, we're not seeing Alabama or Notre Dame, uh, you know Oregon's going to have a good secondary, I, I believe uh, from what I've seen. And they had some people that came back onto the team that originally looked like they were going to try to go to the NFL. And, you know, even Washington, uh, is not there. So to me, if, if, if SC doesn't run the ball with authority, which I don't think they're going to do, because that's not what they do, because that's not what Graham Harrell does. Okay. Here's the point. Uh, This is what Graham Harrell is. This is who he is. He's a creature of habit. He wants to throw the ball. He's the former quarterback. He played, you know, for Mike Leach. And, uh, you know, he can talk a good game. Uh, But you know what? As they say, uh, the tests don't lie. In other words, the games tell the truth. You know, many years before Pete Carroll became the head coach at USC, uh, many of our older fans that are listening in remember Paul Hackett, not exactly a beloved figure, but Paul would, you know, he, he had uh, basically uh, the desire to run the ball. So he, he did try to run it. But here was the problem. He uh, could uh, roll up four and 500 yards, but they wouldn't score all that much sometimes. So this idea that, you know, we're, we're, we're rolling up 400, 500 yards, no, it's all about points on the scoreboard, okay? Give me less yardage and more points, and you're going to win the game. So when I hear uh, that the SC offense is, you know, we, we, we rolled up 500, you know, yards, I go, yeah, but you scored no touchdowns in the second half against Utah, okay? You barely won your first two games, okay? Uh, why is that? Because you didn't score enough points, and you, they were comeback So I see a lot of reasons to uh, – this I will say, okay, and I'm starting to ramble here, but this game is so important for SC to win because if they do, they got a stranglehold on the back 12 South Division. The only team they will not have beaten is UCLA, and that's going to come in two weeks, uh, three weeks. And they're in super shape. In fact, the whole race could end – uh, before the Trojans even Ab- Absolutely. All,
0: almost ends it with a win uh, on Saturday.
1: Yeah. So it's very critical, but let's just say SC doesn't win. Then you're really rolling the dice now because uh, rather than get into the, all the particulars of it, let's just put it this way. Uh, if Colorado goes three and O you know, and they own the tiebreaker against the Trojans, who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, no, it's, I mean, that's something that everyone sort of talked about before uh, the season started, right? Every, in a six-game schedule, when you're talking about kind of trying to win your division and what tiebreakers could mean and all that, every game is, you know, a, a playoff game for you to get there. And so this is a big one. This is a, I, I will say this, this is a Colorado defense. Uh, again, you, you look at the 2-0 and record, They've given up some yards and they've given up some points. I mean, they ran out to uh, big leads against UCLA and against Stanford and, and both UCLA and Stanford almost, they, they did get back into it. They almost got all the way, you know, back ahead. Um, this is a, a Colorado team that has given up a ton of yards through the air and actually, you know, on, on the ground because teams have had to Abandon the run a little bit uh, early on to, to try to throw themselves back into it, even when they you know they they haven't run for a huge number of yards. But teams are averaging over five yards a carry against this Colorado team. So if if you're you know if you're looking for a team to maybe get healthy against uh, when you're talking about the USC offense, this. Colorado team provides it they've got a few guys uh and just kind of going through it Mustafa Johnson is a guy up on the on the defensive line a defensive tackle who's very talented and late Nate Landman uh the inside linebacker is one of those you know tackling machines he was he's been there reminds me of uh you know Cal's Evan Weaver just that guy in the middle that everything gets funneled to and and he kind of takes care of it uh and then, you know, Chris Miller is a guy who plays the, the star back that's like the safety uh, linebacker kind of hybrid, and, and he's coming back from injury. Uh, so there, there's some talented guys. Christian Gonzalez is a, is a true freshman at cornerback, but boy, you know, you, you look at the numbers and you look at the teams that have done, you know, yards and, and points against Colorado, and uh, it, it feels like this is not a game where you can, you know, score 24 or 27, and then say, "Oh, yeah, we just we couldn't get it figured out, or or anything like that." Like you said, there there always seems to be, you know, oh, it was the turnovers, oh, it was the penalties, oh, it was it was the the some reason that things weren't clicking. Um, this isn't Alabama. This isn't Notre Dame. You know, at at some point, it's like yes, they the other team does have coaches, and the other team is playing well, and and they can watch film. But if you're USC, uh, even with this Colorado team playing well, defensively for them, this is a, a unit you should be able to attack and, and figure out how to work this offense against, again, what we both imagine is going to be a defensive look that you've seen before and, and you're going to see again. Well, it's, I think what's interesting,
1: um, Eric, is that last year in Boulder, SC needed a real comeback to win that game. Yes. And and Michael Pittman provided it. And we all know that Michael Pittman Pittman is certainly making his presence felt in the NFL. You know, we'll see how much, uh, you know, the Colorado coaches learned about Graham Harrell uh, when they broke down the film of how they basically lost the game and allowed SC to drive the ball. Uh, You know, there's players that are on that team – uh, for Colorado, they're going to be playing in this game, and I'm sure there's going to be no intimidation factor whatsoever. Right. They're probably saying to themselves, "We blew that game." That's not to take away that SC didn't earn it because they did earn it, but they had SC right where they wanted them, uh, and they just they couldn't could hold it. And that's a credit to Keaton Slovis and and to the team in 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 general. But uh, you know, it's going to be fascinating because there's not going to be a real home field advantage. It'll be at the Coliseum, but, you know, the fans will not be there. And, uh, you know, it's a different type of game. But for both teams, first place is at stake, which I think is a a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I think it gets down to Graham uh, Harrell and just how patient or impatient or how stubborn he's going to be if Colorado says, here's what we're doing. Do what, here, we're going to let you run the ball. Are you going to do it? I don't know if they're going to do it. Do you?
0: No, I, I don't. Um, and, and I think that's kind of uh, that, that's the question. Can you? You know, when, when the other team says, hey, if you run for 350 yards against us, you're going to win. Can you, can you do that? Uh, that? That's a question that has kind of been out there for a while or at least run enough to get them out of what they're doing it it does feel like when defenses go into that look they're there for the whole game and yeah you know USC might win but it's not you know they're never blown out to the point where it's like we got to figure something else out we you know we can't handle this they always seem to be able to at least kind of punch for punch and and stay in it a little bit so I'm with you I think it comes down to uh, the game plan that you can put together. And and it's, it's going to be a little tougher this week with, you know, you you didn't get a practice one day. And again, there is that lingering, you know, who's out, who's, who's not going to be there for you. Is it offensively? Is it, you know, some of the wide receivers or offensive linemen or, or anything like that. So that'll be a, an added level of intrigue, but I think we're both on the same page where it's, you know, what does the, what does the game plan look like? And, how much of a a struggle is there initially with figuring out what you know what you're seeing and and what colorado is doing and so that for me is is the big question offensively for for special teams you know we'll we'll go into that a little bit i I think we got an answer parker lewis sure had a good game against utah i mean that and that is that's big Uh, to, to find a kicker and especially a true freshman kicker and a guy who recovered from some misses uh, the previous week. And, you know, be it field goals or, or be it just kickoffs, you know, out of bounds. I, I think that was big. And I think what we've seen from Ben Griffiths, yeah, Utah gets a punt return, but that's a, a play that should have been dead right away where the return bounces off a, a guy as soon as he catches it. So I think with kickers, you're looking good. I think it's interesting, the, the USC return unit, you know, that they haven't really been able to get anything going yet. And when you're talking about, you know, just a fair catch at the 25 or bringing it out to the 18 or or 19 when they're doing that, I I think that's kind of an interesting look, but I, you know, at this point, based on what happened last year on special teams, this is, I'm I'm totally fine with what they've put together so far this year.
1: Well, I, I like SC where they're at special teams. I think that Parker Lewis, those four field goals from various lengths, especially the long one, uh, you know, he's done a good job. Uh, you know, it's I, I give him a free pass, you know, early on in the season. Uh of course we're still early on in the season, uh, based on the number of games. The whole the whole season's early on in the season. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, Colorado, Josh Watts, their punter, is averaging 38.67 per punt. And Ben Griffith is averaging 45.6. And so uh, that's a pretty, pretty good margin to favor the Trojans. And Colorado's relying on a sophomore place kicker in Evan Price. And so far, he's hit two of three field goals this season. But with, with or without a crowd, this game is so big, we'll see how it plays in the minds of uh, the place kickers for both teams. Uh, I would. I think that Parker Lewis will be fine. That's what I think, because uh, I think he probably had a ton of uh, confidence uh, injections after those four field goals at Utah. Uh, but again, you're talking about first place being on the line, so we'll see how he how he handles it. And the same thing is true, of course, of, of Colorado, and uh, we'll see how how they do it. I, I would. What I'd really like to see is I'd like to see some more. Uh, you know. The, the way kickoffs are nowadays, uh, it seems like anything inside the 10-yard line, they call for a fair catch so they can get the ball, you know, uh, what, on the 25-yard line. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's almost like the art of the kick return isn't what it once used to be. But I'd like to see more production for the punt returners for USC. I really sure. would.
0: Do you have any uh, kind of thoughts right now on, on how – it might play out on Saturday. Again, if, if it does play out, how it might play out.
1: You know, there's so many unknowns about, as you pointed out, what positions could be missing and who's missing in those positions. I mean, what happens if one of the, one of the uh, positions, uh, what happens if it's Marlon Tui-Poloto, okay. And he can't play, you know, that's, that would hurt a defensive line. Uh, You know, I assume it's not, uh, you know, Keaton Slovis, I assume. Uh, so we don't know, uh, but I think if they both play up to their capabilities, SC is going to win. I just think SC has better players on defense. But uh, you know, it, you as a as a person who coached for a long, long time, you never want to put your team in a position where it can reflect, ba- you know, back on you that you had the wrong strategy. You want to set up your team be in a position to win and uh, you know hopefully that's what we're going to see with with USC and again I I think uh, and I know I'm belaboring the point here I think it gets down to to, to Graham Harrell what he's how much he's willing to adjust to what uh, Colorado's defense is giving him if he doesn't adjust he's playing defense on on himself and uh, you know I would suspect that Colorado is going to say, run the ball. You can, you're not going to pass the ball. And if you do, you can have little five-yard gains. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, all, definitely all eyes on that uh, matchup. And like you said, it, it's, it's USC's game to lose. I mean, th- this is not a game where I, I think anyone is thinking, oh, Colorado is going to come into the, the Coliseum and beat USC. Now, there are so many, again, to, to mention it and hit that point home. Uh, so many questions about who is taking the field and and what position groups are affected. And, and that's kind of the, the question that I think a lot of teams in the Pac-12 have had to deal with, excluding USC to this point. And so this will be their first uh, time kind of dealing with that. And, and we'll see what that looks like. But until I hear you know, hey, there are no cornerbacks for USC, or you know, they, again, that they, they've got one offensive line starter or something like that. Uh, I, I've got kind of a lot of faith based on what we saw against Utah that USC can kind of keep that level of of play up against again a Colorado team that's that's fine and and offensively can do some things and defensively has a couple players and is a a solid Pac-12 team. But again, if USC is really talking about you know, going to the championship game and, and beating Oregon uh, and trying to move up not not that I think either of us thinks that you know a top four spot in the in the College Football Playoff is on the table this year, but if if you're talking about it, a conference championship, uh, this is this is a game you win, and so I think this will be a test, like we both said, for the USC offense to come out and and clean things up, get things sharp, and and take it to this Colorado defense. So we'll see how that plays out. Saturday, 12.30 The Kick, again, still on at this point as USC kind of hopefully is able to uh, hopscotch through these uh, the, the COVID issues from this week. And we'll see what happens as, again, USC is looking to go to 4-0, Colorado looking to go to 3-0. And, and this will be USC's first taste uh, of a team that has actually played a game uh, coming into coming into the matchup with the Trojans. So We will see how Saturday plays out. Uh, Appreciate you tuning in for Greg Katz. This is Eric McKinney. Thanks for listening to the We Are SC podcast.